Welcome to this week's Top of the Block podcast. Uh, this is episode 14 or episode uh, three, 3 of season, season two. 2. Yeah, depending on the way you look at it. Uh, so I'm Justin Smith. I'm here with Omar Zaki and Ingemar Ramirez. Uh, Ingemar, how about you tell us about our guest this week and you know what we have to look forward to? Sure. This man is my homie. We hung out a lot during uh, this summer... And during that blockchain week, whole portion of it, uh, his name is Charles Reed, and he is a part of uh, Gempool. He's a cryptocurrency uh, ICO company advisor, and uh, he spent a couple months here in uh, New York City advising and uh, working working very closely with uh, you know one of his projects. And so um, I met him through mutual friends, and we started hanging out. Um, you know, meeting up uh, at least a couple times a week. So um, he's a very dear homie of mine. He's also the CEO of Servamps, which is a DLT-focused technology project accelerator and consultancy focused on investor and user acquisition. So like, without further ado. All right, let's do it. Charles, welcome to the podcast. Hey, man. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. So we always start off by talking about like um, how you got into the crypto space, but kind of like before uh, you discovered it. So what, what did, how, like, where did you grow up and, you know, what was your kind of world before you got into this? Sure. So um, I grew up just outside of London um, in a pretty shit neighborhood, um, went to a pretty shit school, but, uh, you know, I was always... I was okay at school. I got okay grades. I didn't go to college. I dropped out because I couldn't decide what I wanted to study. I always kept changing my mind. Um, and, you know, I did a bunch of stuff. I did like medical science, then I did photography, then I did like English language and journalism. Um, and I never really like vibed with anything that much. I was a professional wedding photographer at one point. Um, which oh, was wow. fun, but it's also really stressful and boring because you have like these women who are getting married, like screaming in your face, like, Hey, can you take a picture of this? Can you take a picture of this? And it's just like, <laughs> yeah, I, di- I didn't enjoy it that much. Um, you and my job, the remix to ignition so many times, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. And, and, um, so the photography thing was good. It was just a kind of a second job. Um, but it, it was good money. And I did that alongside my full-time job, which was, um, I basically headhunted for defense and government companies, but I was headhunting like executives. So, um, mostly in cybersecurity for companies like BAE Systems, Northrop Grumman, um, and uh, who else? A couple others. But um, that was also surprisingly really boring. Um, but yeah, mostly commission based, like finding people who would be good for jobs and then persuading them to change jobs. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was always interested in technology, so it was good because I got to speak to like, you know, these really smart people, but, um, yeah, that's when I kind of was always learning about new technology and emerging technology because I had to, uh, it was important that I was, you know, ahead of the curve so I could maintain conversation with these guys and blockchain just kept coming up and up and up. So that's why, you know, I was led here. 
Yeah, I was going to say, like, when you first heard about it, did you hear about it on, like, TV and stuff, mm-hmm. like, through Bitcoin or anything? And, you know, what did well, you uh, funny enough, I actually used Bitcoin when I, I used to play RuneScape, right? When I was, like, 14, 15 years old. <laughs> and uh, so I don't know if you guys know, but there's, like, uh, like, you know, black market trading and all these games that have, like, their own economies and stuff. And you could use Bitcoin to buy and sell party hats so like tens of thousands of bitcoin would be like one party hat right this is just a fucking stupid sorry excuse my language i don't know if you guys are yeah we're uh, marked explicit it's cool okay great (laughs) great i have a bad mouth um so i don't know if you guys know but like you know it's just a stupid hat in a game but people would spend tens of thousands of bitcoins on on one hat right so i was kind of exposed to that when i was like 15 um but then i never really you know i just thought this is magic internet money um so i never really followed up with it but i started hearing about it more when i was like in my early 20s uh and i was always kind of following things like ibm and i what what are ibm investing in and why and i noticed this huge trend in like blockchain so i kind of started reading again Oh, someone's... Sorry, sorry, doorbell. No worries. Pizza? You <laughs> right? no more. Mm. Um, yeah, so... Sorry for the music. That was Joy to the World by uh, Ludwig Beethoven. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I like, followed IBM's investments and keep hearing about blockchain, so that's why I, um, you know, got interested again. Awesome. So like what what was what kind of made you like jump into the the whole world like what was your first position like you know or first kind of working with crypto and stuff other than like RuneScape? Uh yeah, I mean I um I basically in I think this is probably May 2017. Uh I started a company with a friend of mine from work actually from the the agency I worked with. Um he focused on recruiting into the Middle East. Um, and I focused on recruiting into defense and government, but we both worked at the same place and we started up a coin report, which is like a weekly or monthly coin report. Um, and basically we posted one article a week to a huge mailing list and it was initially free, but I was writing a huge chunk of the articles. Um, maybe, you know, uh, I think three or four coins a week. Uh, sometimes we'd talk about market sentiment mostly fundamental analysis there's no real technical there uh just but yeah i I was writing these articles every week and initially it was free then we monetized it we were charging like 30 bucks a month and you'd get four reports and people really liked it you know um it was fun for me because it was a good way to learn about technology and because i enjoyed it because i enjoyed writing but um this is the first time i ever felt like oh wow, like I really enjoy this. I could spend all of my time doing this. And I never, never felt like that before uh, with, as I said, photography or, you know, science, whatever I did. So it was really nice for, for me to feel that way. Um, anyway, the, the coin report was going well, but then some internal issues between the founders, um, it kind of slowed down. I went to Miami, BTC Miami, which is actually on the past few days. This is exactly a year ago. And I got offered two jobs, which was really cool. Um, and it was mostly basically writing research for funds who wanted to invest. So I was basically finding projects for funds and saying, this is why I like it. So I went 
away from coin reports for retail investors and to institutional investors, which was, um, you know, very different, a little bit more technical focused, because obviously these funds are, you know, they're not your average it, average Joe investors. They really want to know the, the nitty gritty details. Um, so, yeah, I started doing that and kind of went from there. Uh, still work with some funds but uh i just realized i didn't want to work with hedge funds anymore i wanted to work with projects so what i do instead is i help projects to become more attractive investments instead of helping funds choose investments that will make them more money so i'd rather make you know people with great ideas i'd rather make their idea you know come to life and uh, help people get get to use it rather than helping funds make more money because uh, I really believe in like you know decentralization and uh, redistribution of wealth through these these smart contracts and and things like that. Mm. Um, before we kind of like get into that, I'm curious. Like we talk a lot about networking on this podcast. Like, how did you network? Um, because it seemed like you you know you got offered all these jobs very quickly once you got into the space. So how do you kind of network and stuff? Well, um, see, it was it was different for me because because of the reports I was writing they kind of went viral and then people were coming to me. So I already had a network I'd built online just from writing. People came to me for my writing. So it meant when I actually went out there to network, I suddenly had people who knew me because they, they'd read my reports. So it, I was quite lucky the way I was positioned. By the time I went to BTC Miami, I was meeting people who actually knew about my online presence. Um, but how I network, I basically just spoke to every single person in the room who had a stand. Um, and then I would end up speaking to the people who were, who they were also talking to. And it was just like nonstop, you know, nonstop talking to people and finding what they do. And if we can work together, even if you can't, it's just, you know, building them connections. But I was lucky because I built that online presence that, you know, I could tweet. And when I was in Miami, I made a tweet, hey, does anyone want to meet up? And a bunch of people messaged me. So we could, you know, network a little bit easier. And I think it's important uh, to build a personal brand. And that helps you to network in the real world after. Yeah. Were you naturally like, you know, confident in yourself to kind of go up and just talk to random people? Or did that like take some like getting used to? It's funny, actually, you asked that because... Um, like I've gone full circle because I went from like, because I have quite bad anxiety and uh, I really like, it's funny, a year ago, exactly a year ago, I was at BTC Miami and I was just like talking to everyone and I was like, super confident. But now like, oh my God, keep me well away from these conferences, man. They're, they're <laughs> I feel like I, <laughs> I've done it now. I'm like, no way. I don't want to do them anymore. But yeah, at the time I was really confident. Um, I don't know why I just felt like I knew what I was talking about and I knew a lot of people there, they didn't. And that wasn't like me being arrogant or anything. It was, it just empowered me because of how much I've been reading. And I knew some really cool stuff um, that I just felt comfortable to fall back on when I was talking. So that, yeah, that definitely helped. I, I remember the last uh, couple of conferences I went to here in New York had booths that just looked so sad so bad. and like yeah, so dude. desperately trying to cling to some, uh, Oh, remotely so relevant idea that should use blockchain for it. I don't know about you, but like, are, are you seeing anything interesting anymore at these conferences? No, just no. I mean, I mean, you know, you, there's, there's, there's always going to be one, but 
usually it's uh it's just going to blend in and you won't even if even if you speak to them and you think it's really good you just you kind of know that the timing's not right um i think most of the interesting things happen at the meetups because people who are interested in you know who are really deeply involved in the space now still go to the meetups even in the bear markets and you meet really cool people there but even they've kind of shrunk and not not so you know interesting it's funny anymore. you say that because we i think we met at the, a meetup i think we you did. Were, i saw yeah, you I like sitting at the bar and you were bored and i was like hey dude yo what's going on <laughs> what's up man yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> the magic dude. sentence it is yeah and uh no, it's re- it's funny you say that because I was listening to you um you, you speak to Ori on the last podcast uh, you did with Ori, and uh, he's like, yeah, Ingemar just come up to me and he's just like, hey, what's up, man? What do you do? And uh, you did the same thing with me, um, and it's really you know it it really helps to build connections, um, especially in a such a niche like community. Absolutely, dude. Um, and then since. That was during a time when you were here uh, working directly with one project. Yep. Um, so you got a, a good amount of New York time. I did. I miss New York so much. I had so much fun there. Um, it feels like kind of like my home away from home. Uh, I've never fell in love with a city like I did New York. Uh, being a Londoner, they have lots of similarities. Uh, they're very busy, um, but in a nice way. Like but I liked New York more maybe than London. Uh, it's crazy, but hoping to come back. But New York was a good learning experience for me because I was doing more consulting work with, with the projects I was working with um, more than, you know, I moved away from the research and I thought instead of researching for funds, what I'll do is help projects to become more investable. And that was kind of the, the turning point when I moved away from working with investors to working with projects. Um, which was a really good learning curve, but yeah, we won't we won't go too much into that that project uh, no, at the moment. <laughs> um, so, what are you up to now? I I know that you started Servamps. You want to share a little more about that? Yeah, sure. So, um, obviously, when I was in New York, I was doing what I'm doing now, effectively, but it was kind of a solo consulting slash advisory thing. Now, the thing is with blockchain advisors, it's kind of like a dirty word. I'm sure you guys know. Um, oh, yes. Because, you know, like they don't really advise you most of the time. They just take a paycheck and they sit on your website and they help raise more funds by being present on your website. So I don't really like the term advisor because I felt I was adding more. I was actually adding, you know, substantial value and I was consulting and really helping helping some of these founders to understand how the retail market thinks and and stuff like that um so what i did is decided to stop being solo and basically hire people who could um you know it's this whole um hire into your weaknesses thing right because i know what i'm good at and what i'm not so um i basically teamed up with the guy who hired me for the first fund opportunity i had actually uh funny enough um back in 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 january last year i hit him up and i said hey do you want to come and work with me i'm going to start a new consultancy and we focus on user acquisition and retention so i think the problem with a lot of these projects at the moment is they have these words like community management but they don't 
actually have customer service and i think you know 2019 is going to be a good year where we move away from community management into customer service and there's just more rock solid vendors and business models coming you know to light now uh, this year so we want to really help people with a good product to increase their user base and then maintain it as well so through you know implementing customer service procedures um, marketing and social media uh, and also we do help people to acquire investment depending on what stage they're at we help them with their investor facing documents and stuff like that because um, again it's about how, about telling a story how this is going to benefit people and a lot of technologists aren't very good at doing that because they're you know they they have a different mind they think in code and and they they may have the best code in the world but unless you could tell the people who are going to use it how it's going to work for them and how it's going to feel and how it's going to look it's just not going to work uh, so we help to do that you know to be that bridge between the technologists and the people who are going to use the technology sure can you talk about any like specific projects where you know, you've worked on that and kind of transformed their customer service and stuff you know um at the moment yeah i mean there's there's probably two projects one of them i can talk about um the other one i can't because it's under nda still but um one of them that we worked with was called global talent um, Global Talent is uh, tokenized um, teams and athletes, basically. So, uh, what you can do is you can tokenize your your future uh, rights through smart contract. Um, so, if you earn a certain amount of money through a competition, your investors will be paid back uh, in your tokens. So, basically, it allows you to gamble on someone's future success as an athlete. Now, they're launching their marketplace um, soon. They've they've got four four or five campaigns live now um for you know athletes but they also partnered with some of the biggest athletes in the world already um uh, roger federer uh luis suarez real madrid football club have all agreed yeah so there's some really big football players um and it's led by an ex-nba coach so you know this is one of the projects which people think oh that sounds a bit a bit funny uh it's a bit of a strange project but um you know they have they raised 25 million dollars um and they have partnerships with some of the biggest football teams football players in the world the problem is getting people to use that project and actually you know actually like integrate seamlessly and then increase the users so we're helping them with social media and some marketing as well um product goes launched soon and you'll start to see some of our campaigns rolled out so we do what we do is a lot of the the background work um and then you know the planning and the ex and then the execution you'll see how it starts you know rolling out soon um but we're also working with a couple of earlier stage projects which what we're rather than helping them acquire users now we're helping them build a product and the documentation for the product in a certain way where users can understand it very simply straight away um very technical things but with saying them in a simple way so um again though nda i can't really explain some of those um at the moment until the websites go live but keep you guys in the loop and uh you know if you uh, cool, have any specific questions more than happy to answer i really like how earlier you made the distinction between community and customers because i think if a company with with a real product the customers already are the community in a way yes they're actually absolutely. more invested than community members you know what i'm saying 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, that's like 2019 all over, man. You're going to just see this transition from things what we thought they were going to look like and what they were and one of the things that was people were paying like ten thousand dollars a month to have some telegram admins and they were called community managers but the problem is when you launch a product and when you have you know ten thousand users um are them users taken care of if something goes wrong or do they have to go to telegram i mean in a normal business world you don't go to telegram to ask for help you have a customer service team and that's when the space matures as a whole is when people don't have to go to telegram to get help <laughs> they have you know exactly. customer service departments and they have real people who um who actually service them and and they think about people as more of like you know customers um these is our revenue stream rather than these are our community who support our coin um so we're thinking more like grown up businesses now which i really like nice yeah i guess um how was sort of your experience in like being a recruiter um and how has that sort of informed your strategy moving forward i guess that's a really good question actually i think that i'm really grateful for my experience because i was like talking to really senior like smart people and also a lot of the people i was talking to they didn't want to talk to me they don't want to they don't like i'm ringing them up like hey there how was your day are you looking for a new job <laughs> like obviously not like that but that's the summary and mm. these people get these calls all the time or in the case you know i was working with uh defense and high security clearance people they don't want to be found they're happy in their job or if they want a new job they'll find on themselves so it gave me this edge of like being able to speak to people who are very technical not very good at communicating and um and actually then sell them to a client or so that's helped me to communicate technical stuff simply and um yeah that that was definitely helpful but also just i felt more comfortable at conferences speaking to ceos ctos when they mention uh you know certain concepts i'd feel more comfortable talking about it because i'd even if i don't understand it i'm happy to say look i don't understand this but i understand certain aspects of it and that's quite daunting for someone to actually admit that they don't know sometimes but it, it made me comfortable to to admit when i wasn't sure about something and people actually respond really well to that especially in blockchain if you say hey i don't understand about that could you tell me a bit more they actually respond really well um so that that definitely helped yeah that's really dope dude i mean to to like to be honest in this field, I think is really valuable because like in a way, like no one knows where this technology is going and where it will like sell first. So like when someone brings in a new, new idea, like it's okay to be curious about it and to like say, you know, explain that I'm, explain like, like I'm five. Exactly, Dude, man. You know. Yeah, I mean, there's no experts, right? No one, because the space is 10 years old. How can you have experts? Um, it's, and the, the, the more people show like, that they're inquisitive like the more i typically respond to them because i just love that like that thirst for knowledge and like admitting that you the more you learn the more you realize you have no idea and um and that's just like there's so many smart people um around in this space who who you know they've been here for <laughs> eight nine ten years and they're like i have no idea i'm just learning every day and i and i try and you know use the same mentality 
Yeah. Nice, dude. One of the last things I want to ask you is, um, what parts? What other parts of the world are you looking to visiting again? Uh, well, you know me. I love traveling, man. Uh, the problem is, like, it became less um, rewarding to travel to conferences and stuff. Um, so, I mean, now I'm I'm spending a lot of time in Thailand, working on the Dow and stuff. But uh, there's some other, you know, I really want to go to, um, I want to go back to Puerto Rico. Cause I had a lot of fun there as well. Hmm. Um, and yeah, I don't know, South America, definitely on the list. Just generally South America. Um, I'm kind of bored of Europe, to be <laughs> honest. Europe's, Europe's okay, but. Um, I hear you, man. Yeah, You've also yeah. like lived there most of your life. And you're looking yeah. For your, um, Did masters. you go to Berlin? You were in Berlin for a while. Yeah, right? I was in Berlin for a month. I gotta be cool. honest, that's that's like one of my favorite non-New York cities. It yeah, was also cool, like man. really dense with blockchain work and meeting people. So like I just made a lot of good use of my time there. Yeah, it's kind of a strange city too. It's like it's like how divided. Strange. One side is just so different than the other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, guys, I just had a message and I have permission to talk about uh, one of the projects we're helping with user acquisition. So. I would yeah, like to sure, talk about that a bit more. Um, Ingemar, I think you actually met. This is my girlfriend's company. Uh, mm. she, she's also was a client before. Um, we still have a good professional relationship. But um, she has a good mobile video. app called Pulse. And Pulse is a hybrid social network. So basically, it's like Meetup. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Meetup. Um, of kind course. of does what it says on the tin. But what um, Pulse is, is doing is allowing people to um, meet in real time based on interests, um, interest-based activities. So the focus is initially around food and sport. Uh, so, for example, if you are going to go for a run in the park, you could just say you could let off a pulse and say, I'm going to go for a run in the park and people can just join you and you could specify, you know, your experience, how far you're going to run. If you're a long distance runner, if you're mm. training for a marathon and it just allows impulse based activities um, in your city near you. Um, what it's also doing is using blockchain technology to reward participation in events nice so you, you could get rewarded for going on a run which is awesome so um gamified token system which basically rewards people for actually going out into the real world and interacting with each other but then of course businesses and coaches and trainers can all monetize their services here as well so you could sell yoga classes in the park and you pay through the app uh, and you have to show a token or you know a qr code when you turn up and the uh coach will scan it or whatever and and you can start the class. Um, so how we use how we're helping user acquisition here is obviously the food and sport thing is quite niche. So we're going to go after niche communities. We're focusing on a vegan market, um, and what we'll do is we'll create grassroots campaigns. So um, something I, I should be okay saying sticker bombing. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this. Um, yes. But yeah, I really love this concept as uh, you know grassroots marketing technique to just slam a bunch of stickers everywhere hmm. uh if you see it three or four times you're you're gonna you're gonna google it um Word. so we're doing stuff like that and then we're also just focusing on helping them build the user experience the user interface really efficiently so that people feel comfortable navigating around the app they can clearly see the distinction between creating an event joining one 
how they claim rewards, stuff like that. Um, but I'm really excited to work on this because there's this confluence of like technology and real world, and there's going to be VR and AR integrations in the future as well. Um, so yeah, our, our, you know, main push around this is, um, acquiring users and we're going to do that through, you know, niche grassroots communities, uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Um, we've got a bunch of, um, dojos who are going to use, use the app to basically run their class, which mm, is really nice. cool. And it will just spread word of mouth through, you know, these martial arts communities, vegan community, the vegan community really struggle to find places to eat. So there's a few apps which really dominate the market and we figured, hey, we can uh, go after the vegan market um, or just specialist eating. You know, if you're on a keto diet, you could say, hey, I'm doing keto. I want to go for some food. Does anyone want to join me? And, How about the uh, yeah. the cookie market? You know, exercise is great, but, you know, I'd be posting like, but, hey, I'm, straight <laughs> sugar. I'm going to a cookie place. <laughs> yeah, Would you like to meet up? <laughs> hey, this is the best thing, right? You can go, you can set up a pulse for anything. Now, it's focused on food and sport, but there's no one stopping me from going to the cookie market, dude. Like, yeah. if you want to set market. up a pulse oh. for the, yeah. For, yeah, we go to the cookie market. You may have created the greatest idea ever. <laughs> the, the, the cookie market. Um, yeah, but there's no, there's nothing to stop you from, from creating a pulse for anything. You know, if you want to go, um, do a bar crawl and you want to go hit up like 10 pubs in mm. one day, you could set off a pulse for that. It's not really what it's intended for. I'll probably get in trouble for saying that, but, uh, <laughs> my girlfriend's trying to inspire, you know, some more, um, you know, mindfulness and, you know, being Word. healthy and stuff. But, but, uh, yeah, you, you can set up pulses for anything. So, wow. Yeah. Nice. Yo, That's Berlin cool. has so many vegan spots. It does, yeah. Like, Berlin's a good I spot. almost, like, sometimes I I ate vegan food just because it was, like, the most convenient to and get. And it's tasty. I mean, if, if you go to the right place, it's tasty. I mean, it's not quite the pizza in New York. No, not quite. No. But it is tasty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not quite. You can't fault them. But their vegan Thai stuff is, like, oh, really, really satisfactory. Yeah. Yeah. I'd sometimes go vegan, like, for days at a time, just not on purpose like new york has vegan but it's just expensive like really expensive here indeed yeah yeah indeed and also i think the problem is that um these people have is i say these people i feel really offensive now um the problem that vegans have or people who have alternative uh, diets is finding people to go and eat with because you know it they you they might know where they can eat but they don't want to go and eat alone uh so you know it's just nice to network with people who have the same interests with you and then you can you form like buddies you know you could like lunch buddies if you're working in a new city for example and you know you don't know anyone and you're you're vegan you know there's a vegan restaurant close by you could just set off a pulse and say hey i'm i want to go for lunch here and you know maybe people will join and and you're creating you know uh connections in the real world yeah so kind of as like a a last question um You know what what motivates you and like what are you hoping for the future um you know obviously you're working on some great projects and some really cool stuff so like what is what is your overall hope like even like five years from now uh honestly i'm i try and keep myself like ready to pivot at any time because i just see there's like so many evolving things in the space but what what i'm kind of looking forward to and what excites me is just seeing like more mature business models come into the space um seeing things like smart contracts and DAOs actually and working 
in in uh, in normal situations like the emergence of uh, of DAO organizations and uh, of DAOs and um, you know just using smart contract to and token economies to reward you know normal people for doing normal things and just you know kind of recreating or creating a new financial model not for the whole world straight away but you know i think we're going to start to see that over the next few years and that's really really interesting to me well awesome well thank you uh charles so much for coming on the podcast we really like talking to you yeah it's a pleasure thanks guys and uh catch us uh next week on top of the block podcast thanks thanks everyone see you